Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Kendrick Johnson and Taylor Raglan. Um, on Monday, we talk baseball. It's, this is Thursday's podcast. So you know what? Let's stick with the stick and ball sports, except let's talk some softball. We are inching closer and closer to the midpoint of district play. So um, with all of these teams, you know, I guess within the next week or two, they'll all have seen each other at least once. So from what we know so far, let's just offer up some uh, some early observations in district play and just how we're feeling about where uh, where things stand at this juncture of the season. And considering that we have, what, three-fourths of the District 96A brain trust here, it seems like a, like a logical starting point. Yep. Um, let's see, through, um, I guess, through two weeks of, uh, of district play. We have only one undefeated team in the district remaining. It's going to be the Wild Wild West in that. <laughs> so uh, Plano West currently in first place all alone at 3-0. and Plano Senior, a I guess a half game back at 3-1 and because of the whole 17 yep. district thing. <laughs> then you have Allen Prosper tied for third place at 2-1. and McKinney Boyd, one game behind those two in fifth place at 1-2. and Plano East in sixth place at 1-3. and And McKinney bringing up the rear at 0-3. and So yeah, I mean, let's start with West because because yeah. this was um, a team that I think we we envisioned them being a definite bounce-back candidate so yep. long as Tatum Boyd was going to be healthy. But to now already be in pole position yep. for first place in the district and having already taken down teams like Plano Senior. Um, so just kind of what do you make of just the hot start for the Lady Wolves, Taylor? Well, y'all have seen them more than I have. I mean, you saw them play Plano, yeah. right? You saw them play Boyd, yeah. I think. So, I mean, I haven't even gotten out to see them yet. But obviously, I, I've talked to head coach Mike Letzma a lot and I mean, they go as Tatum Boyd goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's she's just a superstar. She's outstanding. I mean, Does you know, it all. It's, it's the same thing as Cackley over at over at Boyd. You know, if if you get a pitcher like that, um, you know, and you can run her out there every single game, it's really tough to beat. I mean, she's two hits against McKinney, I think, uh, and that win one hit against Boyd in eleven home innings run. and a home run. <laughs> yeah, really. and and a home oh, she run. Had, she had two hits. She had two RBIs. No, I'm saying allowed. Oh, allowed. Allowed okay. one hit against Boyd, and then had a huge home run right in the top of the, I guess, the top of the eleventh, right, to kind of kickstart yeah. that rally and, and get West the win there. And her only, you know, air quotes bad outing was against Plano, and she only allowed two runs. Yeah. I mean, and and that that's not a bad outing. No, no, no. I mean, she was just fine against against like, Plano she, for sure. She was totally fine it, uh, for her standards it was you know uh, like i said a quote unquote bad outing but she's just she's dominant um you know like i said she's a star she's a a no hitter perfect game threat every single time Mm -hmm. they run her out there in the circle and if she can stay healthy i mean that was literally the only thing that that really sunk them last season is because they you know they had her last season um but you know they lost her that injury early in district play and, and could never really recover um this year it's it's you know, it, it's kind of what we expected last season to be. You know, you, you have her healthy. You run her out there every single night. They're going as she goes, and, and there's really, 
no sign of, of slowing down because mm-hmm. she's just she's so dominant and like you said against you know some of the some of the best teams in the district already I mean obviously still some some teams to go um, as far as teams that are expected to contend but yeah I mean it, it's it's not just her but she certainly spearheads that thing because you have Elisa Rosado uh, really good returning bat uh, Morgan Luster uh, who got some playing time last year especially when Boyd you know went down a lot of things shuffled around but has has taken on an increased role so there's definitely impact players kind of up and down that lineup and, and it's not like they can't hit the softball it's not like they can't play defense but I mean, it's all about it's all about Tatum Boyd, yeah. and so far she's delivering. If there is one sport that we cover where if you do have that one dominant presence um, in softball, especially if it's a pitcher, I mean, yep. that can just make such a difference. And, I mean, Kendrick, you're kind of seeing that over with <laughs> Kenny Boyd. With I mean, this is the, the role that Kinsey Cackley is on right now, just despite only being a sophomore, right? Sophomore. I mean, it, she is... Talk about I, I mean, yeah, I mean, did you envision <laughs> her making this kind of a leap from her freshman to sophomore year? This, this, is, this is how I'm... For First, well, first off, first off, just give us a little backstory and just some of these ridiculous strikeout numbers that she's posting because this is one of the best pitchers in the state right now. Yeah, she's got 305 Ks in county as we as we track down. I looked at her stats. She's only given up two earned runs or less in every game. So she hasn't given more than two earned runs in any game. And in the last week, she's rocked up 65, 13, quick math, 78 strikeouts in the last four games. <laughs> I mean, these are multiple 20 strikeouts. Well, you know, the she only had reason. Three consecutive games was in the last week and a half. She had two 20s and a 25 with the extra yeah. inning game against Plano West. I was going to say, she went all 11 in, against Plano West as well, right? Talk about a tough luck <laughs> tough luck loss I mean, in that one. It's, it's softball. The maximum number of strikeouts that you can accrue on a given night, most nights, is 21. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and, and she's and, getting twenty on the regular in this in this district too, with some she, of the best teams in the area. And the, and the thing is, that coming into the season, her, her goal she threw two hundred and forty seven. Mm-hmm. She got K's last year. She wanted to get two fifty five, and she's obliterated that. So yep. when you're doing things that you didn't mm-hmm. think you could do, that's how much of a role she's yeah. on. Yep. She's on pace for five hundred K's for the season. But um, um, credit to her, the game twenty five um, strikeout game. She missed a location on Tatum Boyd, who um, hit it over the left foot. Phil Fence to um, basically put the game away for West. Yeah, she can hit of, too. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and out of all all the pitches she made, all the great pitches she yeah. made, she was upset about that one pitch because her main goal is to get Boyd into the playoffs, who's been down. And she started turning things around last year that made them a 500 team. So now they're trying to find a way to get over that hump because that'd be a big deal for that program mm-hmm. to get in the playoffs. Like just like two years ago, my first year they didn't win a game. They were over the Gopher. So the fact that they're in the mix. Oh, yeah. It's a different atmosphere, and she's a key reason. And she's bad, too. She's one of the key batters, too. So, like, in fact, um, Taylor Boyd struck out everybody but her, I think, in her um, 19K yeah. strikeout game. Yeah. She's not just a, a pitcher. She definitely is a, a great athlete and uh, one of the best hitters, if not their best hitter. I mean, but she will give them a fighting chance in every game, it feels like, regardless uh, of the opponent in this district. The, the main thing about boys, they can't beat themselves. Like I said, like, the, um, against Plano um, East, she threw the no-hit. But against Plano West, they had two errors that led to two on runs. Mm-hmm. That'll get you beat. Yep. Against Prosper, she had zero on runs, but they gave up five. Speaking mm-hmm. of uh, of errors and beating yourselves, I mm-hmm. guess we could transition to <laughs> to Plano East. Man, this is a program that you know expectations were a little a little up and down. I would say coming into this year, they they lose some some really talented players, bring back Carson Armijo, Nicole High, plenty of talent. Mm-hmm. 
but they can't get out of their own way. I mean, you've seen them as much as I have. You just no, you I saw I saw them against Allen, and I mean that's just that was kind of what this all boiled down to. This was a game that you know Plano East was in position to potentially win there in the seventh yeah. inning. Um, but you know, even regardless of what happened in the seventh, you know they dug their own grave just because of just the errors that they continue to commit. They've had at least four errors their past three wow. games. They had yeah. four against Plano, five against Allen, four against Prosper. <laughs> Talk about what's the beat of losing. And that, that Prosper <laughs> game is a game that they won twelve eight. They were up like eleven to two at one point. I covered that game. Like that game should have been over in the fifth, and and it shouldn't have even been close. And right there in the, in the last inning, they let Prosper. They cracked the door, and you never know with with teams in this district. You cannot afford to yeah. give people four or five free bases every single game with your defense. That's that's disregarding walks, everything else. You're just literally handing out bases with your defense. I mean, they're averaging almost seven runs per game over those aforementioned three games. So the offense is there. They yeah. certainly have bats for sure. Nicole High is a spectacular pitcher. Yeah. But they just cannot get out of their own way on defense. And this was something that held them back at junctures last season. Yep. It was a big contributing factor to them missing the playoffs. And I mean, yeah, it's just I, it's just tough to see that it's, it's still an issue. And this just is not the kind of district that you can get away with that in. What does Prosper do to make these people make these errors? Because they had Boyd made three errors the other night, and it, it led to a five-run inning, and uh, that's why they won five. I mean, they're a good softball team, and a lot of times it literally boils down. Props to them for getting them errors, forcing them errors and taking advantage. Just put the ball in play. I mean, especially, I mean, that's going to be the book on Plano East from here on out until they do something to address this. Yeah. It's going to be like, you know, we, we have a chance to be in any game against Point East if we just put the ball in play. Because who knows? They're going to throw it around. They're going to boot it. Who knows what they're going to do? Yeah. That's one thing about this district that I'm I'm already taking. To me, my take is the bottom teams, the Plano Easts and the McKinney's, they're going to pop somebody is the amount oh, yeah, of time. Absolutely. Like McKinney High. Plano East is I, I don't want to yeah. I'll be, I'll be, they're, they're a very talented team. They got four or five girls that are sophomores that are already signed up to go um, D1 in college. But they don't have a consistent pitcher because a lot of people are playing opposition. But they can hit the ball like they lost to I think in a shootout to Plano and Prosper mm-hmm. so it's only a matter of time they put it together and beat somebody that the standings said they shouldn't beat that may come into the difference between somebody being in and out the playoffs and seeing the same way with Plano East even I haven't seen them play that they're going to bust somebody Plano East can hit Plano East can pitch Plano East can I mean they do pretty much everything except play defense right now mm-hmm. but that I mean if, if you're going <laughs> to if you're going to stumble in one area <laughs> it probably shouldn't be that area that is this yeah. Yeah. it just goes too good with um with Plano, you know Plano was you know for all the as great as Plano West has been, Plano was and they were in position to win that game. <laughs> they were one out away from uh, from being what I guess would have been four and zero in first place in this district. They uh you know they uh they let a two zero lead slip away in the seventh inning against West Plano West, which had just the bats had been uh you know dormant all game long, or at least Plano's defense had been solid. You know West was getting contact, but Plano's defense behind Audrey McNeil was really really strong in that game. And then West finally starts putting it together, and then um you know. It was a grounder to short, and then just a short arm throw to first that uh, you know uh, denied that third out, and then West was able to carry that momentum on to a 4-2 victory, and that's the only blemish on Plano's uh, District 9-6A resume. They're 3-1, and one, and I mean, they haven't really, like, they, they throttled Allen in the first, you know, which I mean, looks pretty impressive now in hindsight. They throttled Allen 7-1, but they've, you know, they've really had to grind out, you mm-hmm. know, a couple other victories, and they were able to hold off McKinney 8-6. to six. They needed eight innings to, um, to at last gain, a, uh, gain a, an advantage over Plano East. 
Um, but it's, I mean, it's a team that we've we expected this team to be, yeah. you know, uh, you know, in contention for the district championship, and they've, and it's, you know, turned out just that they look the part of one of the better teams in this district. And you look at just the experience that they have back with two thirds yeah. of their lineup returning from a team that went to the state semifinals. So much experience up and down. They've slid a couple freshmen into very prominent spots in head coach Justin Pipak's batting order, Kaylee Blackman batting second, Bella Bishop third. You know, those two have shown out just fine. These the spotlight does not appear to be too bright for those two, <laughs> despite their uh, age. And then, um, you know, you factor that with players like Kate Body, Zoe White, Natalie O'Brien, Lily Ray, players that have been in yep. this, you know, through this grinder for 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 several years now, and McNeil, who was one of the studs of last year's uh, state semifinalist team, I mean, they're going to be really, really solid so far. Um, a chance to be the best offense in this district, I think. Yeah. It's not a team that really... It's, I like their balance. I think that is the, a chance to be oh, the yeah. most balanced yeah. team, whereas you know you have teams like with you know Tatum Boyd or Kinsey Cackley. Granted, that's a heck of a of an ace in the hole to have, but I think Plano has a you know top to bottom, perhaps the most balanced team in 9-6A. Yep. And I don't know. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm I'm I know it's cliche, but basically... Every game counts in this district. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's you look at East it's being not, it's cliche, but it's for real. East being one and three, like already, that's a that's a big hole to be in. Yeah. I mean that's it's it's tough sledding from here on out, even four games in. If if you've you know kind of accumulated that kind of you know one and three or zero oh and three yeah. or mm-hmm. even you know teams right around five hundred either way. I mean it's it's tough going, man. I think it's a momentum game because you can be really good and get like a destined loss, like in which happens in baseball, mm-hmm. and it carries over, and that carryover can get you knocked out the playoffs. Yep. Did want to just quick note on Allen before we transition to the uh, second half of the podcast. Um, you know Allen, a team that is in third place right now in District Nine Six A. Um, their three games have just run the gamut. You know as I mentioned earlier, they lost seven to one to Plano. They turned right around and beat McKinney fourteen to one. And then they beat Plano East five to four in a game where they, uh, you know, East had the uh, the go ahead, you know, the tying in go ahead runs in scoring position, I believe. Um, with this Allen team, you know, it was such a cool story last year when they made the playoffs for the first mm-hmm. time in thirteen years. And it's not a team that has really had any sort of a hangover so far. There, uh, you know, I think Allen has officially turned that corner where yeah, now oh, it's yeah. it is fair to talk about them in a uh, in a playoff yep. contention sense. And it's very very good coach team. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Philip yeah. Spaniel doing a great job yeah. over there. With Shout the, to Coach Spaniel doing his thing. And they're the young talent. Yes. Uh, uh, what's her name? Sammy oh, Hood. No, the other one. Taylor Wright. There's two <laughs> freshmen that they have in their starting no, line. The other one. Sophomore. <laughs> uh, Mackenzie Duckworth. Uh, Alexis Telford. Telford. Yeah. There you go. We got there. <laughs> well, they had. I mean, I knew they had the two freshmen. They, they, have another they were very young team. Yes, and that's the yeah, thing that's with the this. scary thing about them. It's, They're going to be really, really yeah. good. They even hit the potential. Yeah, it's it's a nice mix of youth and experience with you know those underclassmen complementing the veterans like Maya Eldred, you know Brittany Coe, who's actually been you know had to miss some time and you know according to Coach Spaniel, you know might not be back until perhaps the start of the second half of district. So Allen's doing this without arguably their best player. That's why. That's, why, know, that's a, what I heard. A UT San Antonio. Commit. And they um, got some, they have they have people like your job is to hit home runs, your job <laughs> is to move batters, yeah. your job is to get on base. They they function mm-hmm. like moving chess pieces. Like they don't like have like they're not just a speed team. They're just a power team. They're a well balanced team. Probably second one best behind playing them. Mm-hmm. If you're going top to bottom, wouldn't you say their speed? Their second. speed was definitely on display in that game against Plano East. <laughs> they and, put um, pressure on you. you don't make errors. Don't do it against them. Yeah, yeah, because, no, they were, I mean, Spaniel was sending, if you got on base and you had a green light, it felt like. Um, but, you know, we mentioned, you know, Plano and them sliding in a couple freshmen into prominent spots in the order, and, you know, those two freshmen really showing out. Allen's kind of got the same thing with Sammy Hood and Taylor Wright. Um, you know, 
Hood's batting third in the order, just a freshman, you know, ten, and you know Taylor Wright, who's drawn the uh, a start these past two games, and she's doubled in both of them. I mean, so yeah, she, she's definitely a gap hitter. Yeah, yeah sure. they're getting contributions up and down the, McKinney, too. Yeah, up and down the order. So yes, the Allen Lady Eagles. Uh, last year's not a mirage; they are here to stay. And the thing is, um, I didn't see them play last year, but they walk around as a team that's expecting. I don't know if they had that in years past. Mm-hmm. They expected to make the well, playoffs. Well, they just needed. It's a program yes. that just needed to finally get that postseason appearance mm-hmm. out of the way and finally I mean it's tough when you're staring at a you know te- a drought in the teens the mm-hmm. mid-teens of not making the postseason it's really hard no matter how good you are to break that so to finally break through it's like everybody can just be like okay especially when your classmates are playing for state titles mm-hmm. and yeah. state championships yeah. <laughs> yep. there's, a, there's a standard out there for sure um, so yeah that is a look at at least some of the uh, happenings over in District 96A obviously still plenty going on elsewhere in our coverage area um, including uh, a Flower Mound team that's having a pretty solid year as per usual. The Flower Mound Lady Jaguars are always good at softball, and uh, one of the key reasons to that has been the play of Kendall Jennings, who is the subject of our student-athlete spotlight. Uh, Justin Thomas had a chance to swing by and talk with Kendall on her season, how Flower Mound's been progressing, and we will see what she had to say after a word from this sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. All right, we're here with Kendall Jennings, senior softball player for the Flower Mound Lady Jaguars. Kendall, thanks for taking a few minutes to join us on the Star Local Media Sports Podcast today. Thank you for having me. So it's your senior season. You guys are uh, four games into district. Just kind of sum up how do you think uh, the season's gone for you so far now that you guys are getting rolling in district action. Uh, so far we're doing really good. Um, working together really well as a team, encouraging each other, keeping each other accountable. Definitely one of our better seasons. And, yeah, seniors killing it this year. <laughs> what were your guys' expectations and kind of hopes? What are you looking to try to accomplish this season? Uh, this season, we're looking to go further than third round of playoffs, which is how far we made it last year. Uh, the goal each year for us is just to get better than the year before, and we do a really good job with uh, the coaches really encourage like mental strength and like really talk us through everything, and they, they like that we're super close this year. You guys are on a nice round of district championships. What's the mentality of the team, and how are you guys able to kind of stay focused and keep grinding with you know, the big target on your back every season? Um, we really just don't like to like let up. We like to be like try to beat everyone that we can. Um, our goal is just to get better every game, have high energy, make the dugout louder every inning. Um, yeah. What um, <clears throat> you guys obviously being a senior and you have a lot of seniors and players you've kind of played with. Talk about some of the uh, players that are newer to the varsity and what they're bringing to the team this season. Uh, we actually have a new senior this year. Her name's Lady Dogenbaugh. I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name, but um, she actually just moved from Colorado, and um, the coaches at first were kind of worried that we wouldn't, it would just be weird because it's her senior year, and we didn't know how to accept her, but we've done a really good job, and she's actually killing it in the outfield this year. She's a lefty slapper, which is something Coach Reba loves, and then we also have... uh, I'm guessing she's pretty quick, too, then. Yes. Yes, she is. Uh, We also have some new juniors and sophomores that are always ready, cheering their loudest in the dugout. Um, We're really big on bench players coming into the game. And we just really enjoy the energy that everyone brings. Everyone brings something special to the table. Uh, yeah. So you guys are off to a 4 0 start, and you have a big one tonight with your rival Marcus, and they're kind of sitting right behind you at the standings. So are you guys pretty amped up for this one tonight? Oh, we're super pumped up. Um, this is probably going to be the biggest mound showdown that we've had in the past few years, especially because Marcus is a pretty good team as well. 
and it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game. Talk about the non-district, just how you guys went through that, and obviously, you know, weather is always an issue. Did that play a role for you guys? Did you have to miss any games or um, really cold games or anything like that? Yes, there was a lot of very cold games, but, um, you know, in the dugout, we make the most we can. We actually started this thing when it was super cold, where we'd come up with, like, dance routines with our cheers to keep us warm. That was super fun, um, and we actually missed uh, our Houston tournament that we go to every year due to, like, rain. Yeah. But coaches were quick-thinking, hosted one here. We had a super tough preseason, played a lot of good teams, struggled a little bit, a little bit here and there, but we definitely figured out our lineup, and we're, we're going into districts pretty strong. So. Okay. So I've been doing this for a little bit, and it seems like every season I cover Flyer on softball, there's a Jennings on the team. and <laughs> Talking to Coach Weaver, I guess it's not seems. It's been 12 consecutive years of Jennings. Uh, yes. You guys are all, I guess, four years separated and everything, mm-hmm. you and your older sisters. What's it been like for you just um, being around the program for all this time? I'm guessing you went to all the games and watched your sisters play and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I used to go to McKay, which is just down the street, and after school I would walk over here and get ready to watch my sisters play. It's been really awesome. It's a really cool family legacy, I guess, and Coach Rebo always jokes about me. Um, freshman year, he was like, how are you going to look to your older sisters? And I don't know, it's, it's fun, keeps things light. Yeah. yeah. So do they, do they ever get to come back and see you play or anything like that? Or uh, Yes, mo- both my sisters go to at least every home game. And oh, then, really? So they still live in the area and everything? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they get they try to come to every game they can. And my oldest sister, Jordan, her best friend is actually Coach Baird. Okay. And so she's been in our family for a while. They've been best friends since high school. So they always, my sister just loves to come cheer me on and her on, so just kind of killing okay. birds with one stone. Cool. Has it kind of start to set in, like, that this is your last season and that your, your run with Flower Mound Softball only has a couple more months left? Yeah, it's starting to kick in for sure, which is kind of a good thing because it's pushing me to work extra, and it's also pushing me mm-hmm. to encourage my teammates and also encourages my own teammates to work hard because we're, we're pretty excited about the season. Do you have any plans to try to play college or anything after this, and how's that coming along? Uh, it's coming along pretty good. I plan to go to University of Alabama at Birmingham for softball. Uh, just recently signed there back in November. November. Yeah. November. What was the uh, the attraction there for you? What what uh, made that the choice for you? Um, the old he the head coach at UAB is the old assistant coach from Oregon, and they were looking at me in eighth grade. And originally I was going to Oklahoma State, but then some things kind of fell through. But Oklahoma State helped me find UAB because the head coach there really loved me, like from Oregon. Mm-hmm. And so I went on a visit there, and we just kind of hit things off. Super excited for the program. He wants to like build things up from the bottom again, and he's excited for my class because apparently we're bringing in a lot. So okay, super cool. encouraging. So you got Marcus, and then a couple more games, and you'll be at the halfway point. What are you guys really focusing on here through the rest of the district, and um, ideally getting ready for the playoffs? Um, we're really looking to improve on anything we can. Uh, we don't want to peak too early because if we peak too early, we might plateau. So we're really just focusing on small things right now, base running, hitting's doing pretty well. Our defense is doing really good. We've turned 18 double plays this year, and last year we turned 15 total. So we're... And I'm guessing being a shortstop, you played a role in a few of those. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's super exciting. Um, Coach Reba and Coach Baird just are constantly saying, like, hunt for that double play, hunt for this, hunt for that. And it's just, I don't know, it's encouraging, especially when you get them. Yeah. So. All right, cool. Um, you guys played a really challenging non-district this season. How do you, did you feel when you got into district, you guys were maybe a little more prepared than you have in years past because of that schedule that you guys played earlier? Uh, yes, definitely. I mean, we've had a hard preseason every year. 
but this year was especially different because we got to go to another out-of-town tournament, actually. So playing all these hard teams really did prepare us very well for the season. When it's all said and done and you're looking back at the end of this year, what what is it going to take for you to look back and be happy with everything you guys did, both personally and as a team this season? Uh, per, uh, I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? When you just kind of look back on the season when everything's all said and done, what's it going to take for you to look back and be satisfied with how everything went for you guys? Um, overall, honestly, this might sound bad, but I think I'm pretty satisfied with where we are now. I mean, yeah. obviously we want to get better, but compared to the beginning of this year, we've, we've gotten super close. We've grown a lot as a team. We used to not be able to turn those double plays like we used to. Our hitting is on fire at the moment, and I, it's just I, anything could happen, and I'd still be happy with this season. All right, well, hopefully you guys keep it rolling and you guys make a deep playoff run and get past that third round that you're uh, shooting for. So, Kendall, thanks a lot for taking a few minutes to join us here on the podcast, and good luck throughout the uh, rest of the season. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thanks again to Kendall Jennings for taking the time to chat with Justin for our Student Athlete Spotlight. And with that, let's see, we brought on Justin Thomas and uh, Brian Murphy as we're going to continue uh, just surveying the landscape of our high school softball teams. Um, I'm going to be doing my best Devin Hassan impression for this edition of the podcast. He's out sick. So, um, yeah, in his absence, let's, um, you know what, we'll, we'll start there. We'll start with District 10-6A and 11-6A. District 10-6A, which is just an exercise in just some of the weirdest box scores that you're going to see all season long. Um, you know, this is a district that is, it figures to be ruled by Wiley. You know, Wiley, which, I don't know if y'all knew this, Wiley has one of these I states. Did, I didn't. <laughs> one of the, <laughs> I don't know where you are in your Wiley softball <laughs> trivia, Justin, but let me, uh, you know, just for parties down the road, okay. you can drop this factor right. on people and really win over the crowd. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so Sexy has one of the longest active playoff streaks in the entire state. And, you know, when you... I don't know if Sexy's been to the... I don't know if they even know how many regional tournament appearances they've made over that span, or even state tournament or whatnot, but they've made the playoffs every year for, I want to say, two and a half decades. Wow. It's right around 25 years. So, yes, the, the, there's a lot of prestige when it comes to uh, softball time out in Wiley. And this is, their, uh, you know, this is their time to shine out in Wiley because you've had, you know, Saxe rule in some sports. You had South Garland with, uh, you know, with boys basketball. But this is, this is Wiley's time to shine in softball. They're a dominant program, and they figure to be the, uh, the front runner to win that district title. Um, Saxe and Rowlett, you know, looks like they're going to vie for second or third place. Who knows in what fashion. But, I mean, here's all right. So you want an exercise in some funky box scores. Here are Saxe's first three district games against North Garland 26 to 0 against Garland 13 to 1 it's name enforced 22 to 0 this sounds like Capel the last couple <laughs> years in 96A so that is a uh, what is that? It's something what sixty three to one or something yeah. something wonky 23 like that. Twenty three to zero. There, there's got to be some sort of run rule. There. I know it's ten runs after five no, no, no. innings. It but is fifteen after. Three. It is fifteen after three. How does that yes. not go into effect? How, they, no, no, it is no. Those two, those two games only last three innings. Okay. Plus, because they were probably up like twelve to zero yeah. and then put up twelve runs mm-hmm. in the third or something. Yeah. There needs to be like a nickname for a game that finishes in three innings. Whereas five innings, you call it a run rule, but mm-hmm. there needs to be something yeah. something special for it. Because I don't know, you just don't see too many games that last only three innings mm. or whatnot. But yes, yeah, Saxe, obviously... Sprint rule? <laughs> sprint rule, yeah. <laughs> a, a, a dominant start for Saxe. Rowlett, not far behind, you know, 17-0 over North Garland, 13-4 over South Garland. But you're seeing the line of demarcation from Wiley to, you know, a team like Rowlett. Wiley beat Rowlett 18-0. So it's... Well, everybody 
is going to be coming for the throne occupied by the Lady Pirates, it, uh, it appears. And then um, then you have over in District uh, 116A, um, North Mesquite, which, you know, is off to a, uh, off to a decent start in District, uh, in District 116A. They, um, they escape by the skin of their teeth against Tyler Lee. They almost led an 11-2 lead getaway in the seventh inning. Wow. <laughs> yes. They allowed eight runs in the seventh, had the bases loaded before pitcher Caitlin Brown was able to get that final out to preserve an 11-10 victory. Uh, Caitlin Brown's been pretty strong for the Lady Stallions as well. She had nine strikeouts in that win over Tyler Lee. She was strong once again with ten strikeouts in that uh, in a 9-3 victory over uh, over Mesquite. So North Mesquite off to a 2-1 start um, to their district schedule. Um, I don't know, guys. Uh, Denton County, Frisco ISD, Prosper. I mean, just where do you guys want to go with this? Somebody drop a, drop a take. Give me a take. <laughs> Well, we can start with Kendall Jennings since we just had Why her on as our guest yeah. and look at <coughs> 66A where Flower Mound, um, mm-hmm. they've won something like eight or nine consecutive district titles and they are the only unbeaten team in 66A at this point. They're 4-0. Yep. Um, Kendall Jennings already has a couple homers. They actually have, have hit six homers in their four games. Bailey Brennick uh, has two. She looks like she's kind of finding her form after... Uh, struggling and having a little injury mm-hmm. issues and stuff last year, so she's back to her kind of MVP form that she had as a sophomore. McKenna Andrews and Kayla Wallace have also gone deep. Um, so they're four no. Their wins over Louisville, Hebron, Irving, Nimitz, and Irving, and you know Louisville was their closest game, six to one. They've outscored their opponents in those four games, o- in overall fifty to ten. <laughs> so they're off to a really good start. They haven't played. I guess if I should reset the standings, Flower Mounts 4-0, Marcus is 2nd and 3-1, and then you have a 4-way tie for 3rd at 2-2 two two and two between Coppell, Louisville, MacArthur, and Hebron. So um, they haven't played you know, the 2nd or 3rd place teams yet, Coppell mm-hmm. and Marcus, but another really good start for Flower Mound. Um, you know, they've been using two pitchers, Caitlin Sadler and Abby Miller, because Last year, they, I think they kind of feel like Sadler kind of wore down a little bit towards the uh, home stretch and into the playoffs, so they're trying to limit her innings a mm-hmm. little bit. And so Abby Miller is healthy, and she's doing a good job kind of coming in for the late innings there too. Not that she's had to come in in any high-pressure situations yet, mm-hmm. but good start for um, Flower Mound. If we, should I just keep bouncing around the district here? No, we can, go, we can shift gears to Brian. Give Brian a chance to talk. Okay. First off, we had a, I mean, you guys have, I mean, we're going to have a nice little back and forth just all season long with Little Elm and, <coughs> and the Colony. Um, you were at that game, right? No. 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 Do we have anybody at that game? No, no, no I don't believe so, no. Yeah. It was a one nothing game. That's it was important. It was a good game. Yeah, no. <laughs> Luckily, they play a game. Um, here's a take. I don't think the district MVP will go to a player from the colony. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got you got to look at what Lauren Lucas is doing. I mean, coming off of a a shutout against. I know she doesn't have a spotless record. <laughs> well, she's coming off. Of <laughs> <laughs> Granted, it was against yeah. Lake Dallas. No offense to Taylor. I get my uh, popcorn ready back there, but she you know five innings, only threw sixty six pitches, six strikeouts, mm-hmm. two hits. She also had six RBIs yeah. and uh, and four hits in the uh, in her number three hole in the batting order uh, against Broswell. Much of the same. They they got a twelve point lead or a twelve run lead. Sorry, in that one after three innings, uh, and they took her out. She had six strikeouts in those three innings, just forty six pitches. And then they brought in Sarah uh, Overholzer, who allowed seven runs. That's how Broswell made things somewhat interesting mm-hmm. in a fourteen to seven win. And now in that game, Lauren Lucas. Had two hits, had two walks, three runs scored. She's been dominant in the circle. She's been no doubt about it, their best hitter. Uh, you know, getting on base in a variety of ways, driving in runs, all kinds of things. 
And you know, Little Elm may not be quite as good as the Colony. I, I, I know we there was that debate earlier. Little Elm was ranked. The Colony wasn't. Uh, you know, the Colony has just too much firepower. They're just a juggernaut. They're just a beast. But don't... They, they showed themselves pretty well, though. Yeah, one of results. Nothing yeah. to scoff yeah. at, for sure. For sure, for sure. And I'm not trying to discredit the Colony. I'm not trying to say, oh, they're not the best. They're not, you know, they've, they've proven, you know, the last three years, you know, what they have, what they bring to the table. But don't be surprised if Lauren Lucas is in that you know discussion right there with Jada Coleman or maybe even a notch above those girls from the colony for a potential potential district MVP, especially if she keeps pitching the way she's pitching mm-hmm. and hitting the way she's hitting. It's going to be hard to ignore that. Has the colony been? I mean, what do you make of the Lady Cougars so far? Just business as usual for them? Business as usual. You know, they had that 1-0 win, and then they've won their next three games, uh, outscored their opponents 27-6. So they've cranked up the bats against mm-hmm. some of those other teams when not facing Lucas. Um, I think the thing that's really impressive is that um, how Carly Charles is pitching. You know, okay. she was the state championship MVP two years ago. <coughs> kind of, <coughs> excuse me, had some kind of issues going on last year, and didn't seem to be kind of her typical self. But she looks like she's back to her uh, peak form. She's an Iowa mm-hmm. State signee. Um, she had the shutout in Little Elm. She had another shutout, so she's had two shutouts in four games. Um, three of the four games, she's only allowed one run combined. So she seems to be pitching well, and I, I just can't. Jada Coleman's probably going to be the MVP. Like I mean, she's just it, maybe they'll just be co MVPs. She's, she's a wizard in the field, but like what put she, down our swords she, there and just what she does is to spark the offense from the leadoff mm. spot. Like teams don't even like want, teams don't even pitch to her. Like, like I think it was the Little Home game in the last inning. They with Madison Hirsch not batting, not healthy right now. They just walked Jada and JC just. Put him on base, even like. I mean, Jada Coleman is the best player. And when she gets a single, it's, it's that, a tr- there's no it's debate on that. Like, and she score when she gets on base, she scores like eighty percent of the time, and she hits like seven hundred. So that's a lot. Of, I just <laughs> well, like, it'll it'll, it, it'll make for a fun discussion come all area time, probably yeah. more so than for an all district list. Which I mean, let's be real. If you know, if all things are equal, they will probably get co MVP. Unless your district eight five a boys basketball, but I won't dive into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it looks like yeah. business as usual as the colony and. Uh, Looking at the box score, it looks like Madison is starting to... She had, like, a wrist injury, mm-hmm. so it, she's able to field and throw, and she only really suffers it when she swings, but it looks like she's starting to get some, you know, spot pinch hits and stuff. It looks like she might be, you know, getting her strength back and ready mm-hmm. to get back in the lineup, and that would be a massive boost because they're scoring runs without her, and if they get her back, you know, she's, you know, 15, 20 home run capable player signed sign with Kansas, so... Okay. Brian, any impressions over in Frisco ISD? So something that it's still not making any sense, the softball state polls, the TGCA, uh, granted they didn't have the colony, they still don't have the colony on there, and they're undoubtedly, you know, you'd they, say They didn't have the colony on there until they made the state tournament like two years and ago. And that is absurd. Right. They still don't have, so they list 10 teams, they actually list, there's four number 10 teams, they do a 1 through 10, they have four spots for number 10, and then they have a, a, a little note that says also, and it lists like another eight to ten teams none of them are the colony none of them are is first going independence the number one team the only undefeated team left in district 95a who is just coming off of a run rule route over reedy reedy six and two in that district mm-hmm. the, the team they do have um, this is the tgca polls here uh they have frisco centennial as one of the also's they're seven and one they've been blown out everyone but they have a loss against reedy their lone loss they're seven and one they play Independence tomorrow night at Centennial. Should be a good one. You know, Independence, they are rolling right now. They might have a, a district MVP candidate in Macy Allen. Uh, she is just demolishing uh, the softball right now, and she's become a, a leader 
on, on that team when I did the Q&A with Frisco Independence head coach last week. And, you know, Independence, they're, they're playing really well. Dating back to that win, uh, uh, come from behind win against Wakeland. You know, Wakeland has been the class of the softball district in Frisco for the past few years. They've been district champions year in and year out. This year, if the playoffs were to start today, they would be on the outside looking in because you have Reedy at 6-2, Lone Star 6-2, Centennial 7-1, and one, and then Independence 8-0. So it's really interesting there. And Bean's even more impressive in that yeah. district where you've already played eight games instead of four. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And then... But this will be the first meeting between Centennial and Independence. So Centennial could shake things up if they beat Independence. But if Independence gets a win against Centennial, Independence is no doubt about it the best team in that district, mm-hmm. and they should get recognition for be somewhere on the state rankings. You know, you don't, you don't go nine and zero and then beat Wakeland, Lone Star, Reedy, and Centennial and not be state ranked. That's a little little. Yeah, not absurd. the not the state rankings, but the area rankings from DFW mm-hmm. Fast Pitch. They have just as far as teams that we've mentioned on this podcast. The Colony is at number two and five A. Independence number four. Little Elm number five. Uh, Wakeland number nine. And then receiving votes, Reedy. So yeah, that's just, that's get just some love from DFW yeah, Fast Pitch, sure. nonetheless. Um, Justin, before we get out of here, any other notes from yeah, uh, County some, Ways? Six A stuff I wanted to touch on sure. first. Hebron has had a kind of a pretty wild start to their district season. Okay. They're 2-2. Two two. They lost their opener to Irving Nimitz 1-0, even though Audrey Falks threw a no-hitter. So a couple miscues in the field kind of mm-hmm. led to the one run. They put up, I think, three hits but weren't able to scratch one across. That's looking like a loss that could not... I don't think it's going to cost them, hurt them in terms of a playoff spot, but I know this team really had... Um, you know, Hebron's never won a softball district championship, and that was a big goal for them, and a, that's a loss that could come back to hurt them. They followed that up, though, with a big walk-off homer against Coppell from Maddie UC. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention about that game, um, I wish I covered it because it took an hour and seven minutes. Wow. <laughs> that is yeah. a reporter's dream. Yeah, an hour and seven-minute softball game. That and it was a full seven innings? Full seven innings, yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. But so, yeah, they got the uh, big walk-off homer from Matty UC to beat Coppell, and then they come back and have a big win against Marcus. Mm-hmm. Audrey Fox got the win in that game, and she also homered in that game. And she also went deep in their only lo- their other loss, and that was to Flower Mound, 13-6. Mm-hmm. So she's having a great start to the season. Um, speaking of Marcus, they've been pounding the baseball. They scored 31 wins in their wins mm-hmm. over Nimitz and Irving. Um, that game against Irving, they had three homers and they had two grand slams from Madison Johnson and Bill Hernandez. <coughs> uh, Lexi Benson had a homer on that one. She's also homered against Nimitz. So did Michaela Kinney. So Marcus is off to a pretty good start, sitting there at three and one. And then Capel is sitting there at two and two. They cruised to wins <coughs> over MacArthur and Louisville. Mm-hmm. Then they had their two losses: walk-off loss to Hebron and against Marcus. Eighth inning gave up a grand slam with mm. two, with two outs. Both of those homers came with two outs too. So wow. they were, you know, a couple outs and a run, you know, in their half from being four and zero. Oh, yeah. So um, that was Brooke Lawson for Marcus who hit that grand slam in the eighth inning. By the mm. way, but yeah. So you know, Coppell, I'm sure they thought they would be better than two and two, but they've also played some of the tougher teams to start. Mm. Um, and like I said, two. Not a walk-off homer, but a, an extra inning grand slam and a walk-off homer away from being four and zero. Oh, so. Mentioned uh, Marcus, them, and Flower Mound cracking the DFW fast pitch state rankings. You have uh, 
them, plus other other uh, teams that we mentioned earlier in the podcast. You have Plano West in at number four in that poll, Flyermount at number five, Plano at number six, uh, Allen eight, Marcus nine, Prosper ten, and Plano East and McKinney Boyd receiving votes just outside the top ten. I should mention Louisville's two and two also, mm-hmm. but they haven't played quite the schedule. Both their their ones are both over in the Irving schools, okay. and I think we're starting to see, as we've seen in some of the other sports, just a kind of pretty clear cut distinction between um, the LISDs and Coppell and those urban schools, mm-hmm. even though Nimitz did pull off that win over Hebron. Yeah, yeah and that'll, uh, let's see, that'll do it for this, for this edition of the podcast, guys. Um, yeah, I guess we'll be back uh, next week to talk, I guess, uh, what high school soccer playoffs begin next week, so we'll be, uh, we'll be back to break down the, the postseason landscape for both boys soccer, girls soccer, give you all you need to know in advance of the postseason. In the meantime, folks, this has been Matt Welch, Brian Murphy, Justin Thomas. Appreciate you guys for tagging along. Ditto to Kendrick and Taylor. Um, folks, you enjoy your week, and we will talk to you all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.